Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. It is great to see you guys. Thank you so much for taking time to join us online and, and those of you who are in person today to be a part of this Christmas series we started last week, The Secret of Christmas. And I shared this last week. I really believe that this has the potential to be the greatest Christmas, or at least one of them, that we have ever had because of the horrendous, difficult, crazy year that we have been through. It's sometimes going through dark times like that and difficult times, uncertain times, makes us cherish and see is even more precious the relationships and the moments like what we're going to have here at Christmas time together. So with that said... The, the idea of really making this the best Christmas ever isn't going to happen without us understanding the secret of Christmas. We talked about this last week, that the secret of Christmas is all in our response. It's how we respond. That to, to truly show that we understand the message of Christmas is to respond with all our heart to God and what he has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And we looked last week at Luke chapter 1 and how Mary responded so beautifully to what God was doing through that amazing Christmas account. Now this week we're going to look at the very next chapter, Luke chapter 2, and we're going to look at the shepherd's response today and, and, and take away some incredible lessons and, and learning that God's going to bring us through this. So what I'd like to do is take a look together at this passage in Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 8 through verse 20, and what happened, look at what happened to the shepherds. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, let's say it together, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen, pardon me, they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. Amazing, incredible account. But the question I want us to begin with is asking, what is Luke, or what is God through Luke, trying to teach us through the shepherd's account of the Christmas story? What's he trying to show us? Well, I think there are many lessons here, but I want us to zero in on two today. And here's the first one. The first one is to really listen. 
He's t- showing us the importance of really listening, all right? Let me ask you this. You don't have to show a hands or anything like that, but have you ever had a moment where you were caught hearing somebody, but you weren't really listening to them, right? You weren't giving them the full attention that the, the subject they're talking about really deserved. Guys, I'm looking at you because I know, I know that I have done that to Leslie many times, and I owe her a huge apology for that. But there'll be times where I'll ask her a question, and she'll say, hey, you remember we talked about this? And the honest answer to that question is yes and no. Like, yes, I remember we talked about it, but no, I don't remember what we said about it. I don't remember the decision that was made. I, I, some of you can feel me, right? You, like, I, there's something cataloged back there that we talked at some point. I know you're not lying to me. She has incredible integrity. I know she's telling the truth. I don't remember. So it falls on me. In other words, I'm admitting that I did not give this thing, this, this issue, the attention it deserved. That's on me, right? So this is what Luke is doing. He's saying, I want to give you a warning. I want to warn you about something, that if you really want to spiritually listen well, you need to be aware of something. What do you need to be aware of? Here's what you need to be aware of. Aware of your tendency to be distracted by the quality of the messenger. The quality of the messenger. Now think about this account for just a minute. The the shepherds responded very differently than everybody else to this uh, announcement of Jesus' birth, the Messiah is coming, the Savior of the world, the Lord is coming to earth, right? And think about, it, why was that? It happened because the shepherds heard it from the angels. I'm going to go out here on a limb for just a minute and say, I think the angels were probably incredible communicators, right? I don't know if you've ever gotten up in front of a group of people to speak before, but I have to believe that if you walked out on a dark night and the glory of the Lord shone down like as bright as day, that's an incredible attention getter, right? You captivated everybody's attention, so much so they were terrified. So this is how the shepherds heard about this announcement. Now, everybody else, how did they hear about it? They heard about it through ordinary, non-glamorous, uneducated, Uh, non-sophisticated shepherds who had no political clout. They didn't have any social standing to speak of. They didn't have any influence. They didn't have any financial power in, in society at all. That they had to just accept it from shepherds. It's part of the reason why in verse 18 you see that everybody was amazed at what the shepherds said. Part of the reason that commentators believe they were amazed is because of the juxtaposition of an important message with such unimportant people communicating it. And you see God doing this over and over in Scripture. He'll bring some of the most important information from people who are on the bottom rung of the social ladder. That he will communicate it that way over and over. As a matter of fact, it's interesting that that didn't stop at... The Christmas story, uh, this happens right now to this day. Think about, for a moment, this book, the Bible, right? The people who wrote this Bible that were inspired by God to write it, many of the cases that happened were people experienced angels talking to them. There were times where they received revelations straight from God, 
to put in this book. In the apostles' situation, they knew Jesus personally. They witnessed his miracles personally. And what do we get today? We get a book, right? And it's a great book. It's an incredible book. It's a one-of-a-kind, it's inspired book, right? There's never been and never will be another book like this book. And with the book, God brings communicators, messengers. He brings preachers and teachers who are all very, very human and who don't always get it right. And sometimes they mess up, right? And then on top of that, we have a society that arguably is becoming more and more ADD. A society that's becoming more attention deficit disorder. In other words, they're saying, if you can't wow me, I'm going to ignore you. And so I see this a lot where people will say, hey, we went and visited such and such church. And man, the sermon was boring. But the question isn't, was the sermon boring or not? The question should be, was God's truth presented was God's truth presented? You see, it's so easy to dismiss and ignore God's truth when it comes to us by an ordinary communication means, when it comes to us through just a non-glamorous, ordinary messenger. And I think probably one of the most strange and fascinating moments in all of the Bible where this happened was in an Old Testament book called Numbers. Numbers chapter 22, verses 28 through 30, we see God speaking to a man named Balaam. Now, Balaam, God speaks to him through his donkey. Or if you're Shrek, donkey! All right, so he's speaking to him through the donkey. You want to talk about non-glamorous, ordinary means by which God is communicating to somebody. Wow! This is God doing this. What's the lesson? The lesson is that the messenger is not the message. The messenger is not the message. And if we're not careful, we will make the same mistake. That we can quickly and easily write somebody off because the, the truth that they're presenting is hard, it's uncomfortable, it's, it's frustrating, it's going to be difficult to apply, and it's easy to write people off and say, well, they just didn't present it very well. You know, it wasn't exactly a TED Talk. It wasn't, like, really captivating. It needs to be better, right? And we write them off sometimes. And, and the opposite is also true. Sometimes we accept things that we shouldn't because it moves us emotionally or it wows us intellectually. But the question, ladies and gentlemen, that we must be asking, we need to be asking is, is this God's truth? Is this what God said? Is this what he actually said? That is the critical question that stops getting asked many times, but it has to be asked. It has to be asked if we want to learn how to really listen to what God is saying. And once again, Mary does such a beautiful job of this that she shows us what really listening looks like. In verse 19, we're told that when she hears this message from the angels communicated by the shepherds, she did not hold the messenger, the, the messenger accountable for being too ordinary. She heard the message. I love this response. Mary, we're told, Mary treasured up all these things and, let's say it together, and pondered them in her heart. 
She pondered it. What does this word mean? Ponder means to put things in context, to think it through. So in the, in the case of the angel and the announcement, she hears it, and she begins to think about it in context of what she just heard from Gabriel not long before, right? She thinks, oh my gosh, this meshes beautifully, meshes beautifully with what God has already told me, what he has already revealed to me. This is so true. God's going to bring this to pass. Oh my goodness. And it built up her faith. It strengthened her faith. And it was incredible to see what it did for her. Now, how does this apply to you and I today? How do we do this today? Here's how we do this today. Is that as we read God's word, as we read what he says, that we look at it in context. What else is going on? What is happening here? What is God trying to show? And we think it through in terms of how is this going to impact my life? How should this change the way I live today? It demands a response of us. In other words, what I'm telling you is God's word requires time and effort to ponder and unfold. It needs to be unfolded. And in the process, God will begin to reveal beautiful insight and light into your life and mine. I love in Psalm 119, verse 130, this beautiful word picture is laid out for us. It says, the unfolding of your word gives, let's say it together, gives light. What a beautiful picture of what the angels did on that night, that they came to unfold God's truth for the shepherds in God's glory. Light shone down in that moment. And God doesn't want that to stop the night that he announced the birth of his son. He wants to continue to do that in your life every day. And here's what I have found to be true, and it is so powerful. I've, I've heard other people share the same thing, that as we take the time to ponder the word of God, think about it, meditate on it, marinate on it, memorize it, take it with us through the day, man, it is so powerful what it can do in terms of application in the depth of wisdom, even passages that you have read over and over and over and over. Now, I have to admit, as a pastor, I've read through the Bible multiple times, and oh my goodness, passages like the Christmas story, you can only imagine, I have no idea, how many times have I read that, right? But God keeps showing me new and fresh things that I can't wait to share with you, because I ponder I unfold, I, I let God show me, and his light comes down. It's powerful what can happen. And it doesn't matter how many times you've read it, if you will take the time to let him unfold it, there is infinite application of God's word for your life. Infinite amount of wisdom that you can derive from it. I don't care if you've read it over and over and over. Sometimes you come to passages, you go, like, I've read this before, I know this. I think I've squeezed everything out of this that you could possibly get. I promise you haven't. I promise you there is more God wants to show you if you will take the time to unfold. This can't happen. The unfolding, the pondering, doesn't happen in five minutes, doesn't happen in ten. Some of the greatest, beautiful insights that God shares with me, it happens after a long stretch of time. And you may say, well, well I don't know if I have long stretches of it. I don't know if I have a half hour or an hour. Or I I'm telling you, we give it already. We give it to Netflix. We give it to social media. Check your phone. Find out how much time you spend. <laughs> I'm just telling you, we got it. It's just a matter of prioritizing it. 
the light that you're longing for, the insight that you want so bad from God is available, I'm telling you, if you'll take the time to ponder, meditate, let God help you unfold his word. It's so powerful. Asking tough, deep, probing questions like, how would my life be different if I really believe this from the bottom of my heart? I really believe this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. Obey his word, and he will make your path straight. He will show you which path to take. Do we really believe that? Like, if we really believe just that one passage, it would change the way we think. It would change the way we feel, our emotions. It would change our behavior. It would change our prayer life. It would change our relationships. It would change our attitude towards God. It would impact so much in our life. There is such freedom that would come if you literally trusted God with all your heart. And I'm pretty sure most of you have heard this verse before. It's not like brand new information. There's a difference between knowledge or information and application, really putting it to practice. Jesus said it's the difference between building your house on a rock and building your house on the sand. It's so powerful, so important to really listen. And a part of listening is responding, responding. So it's not just listening. Here's the second part or lesson that I want us to drive from this incredible account of the shepherds. The second one is to make peace. Now, as we go back to verse 14, to set this up, we were told that there is this huge company of heavenly hosts, and they are praising God. And what are they saying? Here's what they're saying. They're saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, let's say it together, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace. What kind of peace are these angels talking about? Is it like peace and prosperity that God wants to like super bless us with everything we could ever imagine? Now, he might do that. But the peace that these angels are talking about is not that kind of peace. They're, the peace here is defined as the end of warfare. The end of warfare? What on earth could these angels be talking about? The end of warfare. They're talking about the warfare that's going on inside of every one of our hearts that there is a natural desire in the heart of men and women to want to be their own king, to want to own the throne of their life. And this desire, this instinctive desire, it battles against, it wars against, it is hostile against a God who claims lordship over you and I. God's saying, no, I have designed you for me to be the, on the throne of your life but you're going to have to choose it. To put it another way, let's look at it like this. We have an instinctive desire that believes that the only way we will ever be happy is if we are totally in charge of our lives. If I call all the shots for Will. Something in, us, something in you too. If I could finally have everything I want, I'll be good. I don't need God. I, 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 I can take care of it myself right? So there's a statement I want to share with you that I feel like has been more responsible for keeping more people away from God and more people uh, uh, separated from a, a love, intimate love relationship with God than maybe almost any other statement on planet earth. And, and, and here it is. I want to live the way I want to live. 
I don't want God telling me how to live. I don't want him interfering in my business. And so many people, because they want to be on the throne. Maybe that's been part of your story. Maybe it's part of the reason why you've never fully surrendered to God. Like, there's parts of your life, like, I don't want to hear what God wants to say. I know he's going to make me change. I know I'm going to have to apply his word, and I'm going to have to begin to, and that's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be tough. This happens not only to people who are far from God. It also, this kind of hostility happens even in religious people, people who would consider themselves Christian at times. And it goes something like this. I'm going to obey the Bible, and I'm going to do all the right things. Why? So God has to bless me and give me a good life. So I want you to see the problem with this is this is not trusting God. This is controlling God, not trusting him. This is an attempt to control God, not trust him. And the moment that we try to say, God, I'm going to obey you so that I can gain your favor. I'm going to obey you so I can get your blessing. I'm going to obey you so that I can get your salvation. I can get heaven. We are no longer trusting God to be our Savior. We are trusting ourselves to be our own Savior. And Scripture is clear about this. You can't, and nor can I. A sinful individual cannot be their own savior. We're broken. We can't do it. We need a savior to come from outside who is sinless. That's why Jesus had to come. His, his whole coming to earth and dying on the cross for our sins would have been an empty exercise. It would have been absolutely worthless if we could somehow work up our own self. We can't. And what's interesting is that this desire to want to control God doesn't stop with God. This internal battle and instinctive human desire also wants to control other people. It wants to try to control our family and wants to try to control people that work for us and we want to try to control everybody, right? And when we do that, we hurt them, we push them away. It leads to hostility with people. In other words, this hostility with God leads to hostility with others. This is part of what the angel was trying to show there is no peace on earth because there is no peace with God. It must start here first with our heart between us and God to end the warfare between us and God that we finally once and for all surrender to him and give our lives over to him. And once we do that, the beautiful thing that flows out of that, and Jesus talks about it in his first greatest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, in the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers. Once you make peace with God, you now can make peace with others. You can go out into the world and help to show the same peace you receive from God with other people. And wouldn't this world be a better place if more people did that? They became peacemakers on behalf of of the Prince of Peace on planet Earth. It's powerful. Therefore, the greatest peace that there is is peace with God. This is what the angel came to bring. He says, finally, once and for all, that battle that's been going on inside of every one of you, it's tearing your life apart, tearing your marriage apart, it's tearing everything in your life apart. You can finally have peace. You can finally know the God that loves you and you can know him forever. That's worth screaming from the rafters about, right? To really listen, to make peace 
and to be able to pray a prayer. I wrote a prayer that I think could be helpful to you. For some of you, you need to do this today to finally, once and for all, surrender to God wherever you are spiritually. It goes something like this. It's saying, Lord, I recognize my attempt to run my life apart from you is hostility or warfare against you. Even the good that I have done, I did to be my own savior. I'm trying to just manipulate you, God, trying to control you to get what I want and to get what I want from you. I must be saved by your sheer grace and nothing else because even the right things I do are for the wrong reasons. I must totally rely on your saving work on my behalf to finally have peace with you. Finally have peace with God. The peace that you long for in your life that you think is going to come by some other means, can I save you some time? It is a dead end. The peace your soul longs for only comes from God. Only can be found in Him. And once you get it, it is a gift you can share with every other human being you will ever occupy the same space with, you'll ever speak to on the phone or lock eyes with in this world. God has given you such a gift, but have you taken hold of it? It's so important that we learn to make peace with God so that we might be able to go out into this world and make peace with others. And the question I want you to, to, to grapple with today, to really think about, is where is warfare still happening between you and God? Where are you still fighting him over control in your life? There is still hostility. God, I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I, if I want to. I'm scared. If I really give myself completely over to you, I'm scared of what might happen. And that fear does not come from him. We're told the fear does not come. God is not a, a God of fear. But our enemy, Satan, he manipulates with fear all day, every day. And I just want you to be aware of what God is, he's, he's, he's pulling you close so that he might be able to speak to you today. Would you really listen to him? that you would be willing to respond to him and make peace with him so that you might be able to make peace with some other people. Maybe this is the greatest Christmas ever because you're finally going to make peace with some people in your family, around you, that you work around, people that compete with you in terms of business in this community, people that you don't speak to, that you have animosity towards, people that hurt you, that lied to you, stole from you, hurt, you know, damaged the relationship maybe years ago, and it's finally time for you to make peace. This is how you take the secret of Christmas and you make it your own. This is how you respond to what God's done for you in a way that can literally change the world starting with you. And that's what God wants to do. Here's the prayer I'm asking you to pray with me. It's simply saying, Jesus, may I really listen to what you are saying to me today. I totally, I totally surrender control of my life to you so I may have peace with you and with others in my life as well. This is going to take a lot of courage to pray this today. Would you be willing to do that? I, I really want to listen to you. I'm going to fully surrender. I want to make peace with you so that you might be able to make peace with other people through me. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship, 
www.thepowerofpowerpodcast.com. 